0: that's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Hi, welcome to another episode of my audio series for book summaries. In today's episode, we're going to go into The Paradox of Choice, Why Less is More by Barry Schwartz. Again, I'm going to try to keep all these under 10 minutes since this is a new series that I'm going to get into and see how it responds. It's basically i broke this up into a few four-part series and i'm just going to kind of go into it um again i have all of these on my website at adamstephenson.com, so you can go check those out so let's begin part one when to choose today with the modern world being what it is we are exposed to thousands and thousands of choices from what we eat to where we live to who to marry to where we live to what we do anything being possible There's just too much to choose from, and when there's too much to choose from, things can go bad rather fast, which is exactly what this book sets out to do, showing that the more choice isn't necessarily a good thing. Part two, so how we choose. Choosing well is hard. Often we do second-guess ourselves and wonder if we did this right, or if we did that right, or what if that happened, or what if this happened. Most good decisions involve these steps. Figure out your goals, evaluate your goals, figure out the options, evaluate how likely each of the options is to meet your goal, pick the winning option, later use the consequences of the choice and the results to modify the goals, the importance you assign them, and the way you evaluate future possibilities. So, Choosing widely begins with developing a clear understanding of your goals. Part three, why would we suffer? Uh, Why would we suffer at the range of the more choice? And Again, I'm grabbing some of this out of the book and I'm kind of writing this myself isn't a world of choice better than a world without choice yes that's true but with so many choices we often fall victim to what we could call the best option and everyone wants the best don't you so when you have so many options having the best one is the one you want you can't if you have three choices you might have the paradox of choice thinking you can do all three of them but in the end you're going to kind of just Analysis by paralysis, or paralysis by analysis You're just going to get Nowhere thinking you can get all of them and, and it kind of Stems from the problem that the author kind of Lists as two types of people You have maximizers and you have satisfizers So maximizers are people that can only have the best They search for the best deals with all the choices um, Just for clothing for example Or jeans, so there's so many different fits And so many different stores, finding the best pair of jeans Could take hours, and when they do buy the jeans They would be the best And these people are the ones that suffer the most from the choices available because they want to maximize the best choice. And then with so many choices available from what kind of car you get or what kind of laptop you get or what kind of phone you get or what kind of pair of clothing you get, you can see that you know, it's just endless. You can get like a 1,000 sweaters from like 50 different stores. Which one's going to be the best? And then their satisfiers, they're the people who, although they're happy with the worst, they're happy with good enough and these people are the, wor- are the people uh, who are the most well-off with the choices present. So the side note on happiness. What seems to be the most important factor in providing happiness is close social relations. And loneliness seems to come from, not from being alone, but from lack of intimacy. We suffer for a bunch of reasons when it comes to choice, mainly through regret. Try not to regret things when you start thinking to yourself, if only or what if. Try to stop yourself. Nothing will come good from regret. Part four, like, what can we do? So with all the choices, we can think, we can do anything, and everything we set our minds to, you know, the sky's the limit. We can do everything we want. But the question is what to focus on, what should I pursue, and what should I do? I'm 100% guilty of this. And uh, basically, with all the choices present in the world, you know, again, you can live anywhere. You can do anything, pretty much anything. But can you actually do everything? Can you actually live everywhere? You know, what are the actual odds of that, you know? Are you actually going to play in the NBA? Are you really going to be a, a rapper, you know? Are you really going to do all that kind of stuff? Maybe you, maybe. But, like, to think you can do all three of those things, and so maybe be in an NBA, be the rapper, or be a doctor, you know, it's a little little crazy. And granted, this kind of happens to a lot of younger people that have that paradox of career choice, but, like, when they're more suited towards maybe a few things, or a lot more things are actually, like, more realistic But you shouldn't necessarily be realistic in the sense of your dreams and goals, but the paradox of choice thinks we can do everything, so we end up doing nothing. So part four, what can we do? So with all these choices, and we think we can do anything and everything, the question is what to focus on. What should I pursue and what should I do? So the author offers a few ways to reduce the burden of making decisions and ways to navigate all the choices out there. One way is to make second-order decisions. Basically, this means that you make decisions to make decisions. What? (laughs) No, it's like you live your life with rules, a series of things to live by, which will help you when it comes to making decisions. Does this decision break my rules? If so, don't do that. Does that decision or choice fall in line with my values, is another way to put it? Or does it fall in line with my rules for life? If it does, then great, you can do it. If it doesn't, it's an easy write off. You don't have to even consider it. You know, we all have a mental limit, a mental burden that we can only take so much choice we can only make so many choices in a day so you gotta maybe structure your life so you make less choices so you can have better brain power for the better ones another way is to set standards uh, dividing the world into two categories does this meet my standard or does it not would it meet my standard or does it not routines are a perfect way to minimize the need to make decisions a morning routine for example takes all the decision away because you follow a set plan every day you can see the benefits of this at least I hope so. There's a reason why, like, Steve Jobs only wore the same outfit. Mark Zuckerberg wears the same outfit. And I think a few other people. It might be Bill Gates who does that, but there's a, few, there's a bunch of people that, Barack Obama he has, like, two suits. You know, you, By limiting the amount of mental burden that needs to be done to make decisions by following the same thing every day, it frees up your mind to, to do more important work there's a reason why those guys do it so maybe we should too the author then lists 11 things he thinks he can help us limit the distress we get from the abundance of choice so here are 11 things that he thinks that we can implement in our own lives to really help limit all the distress we get so one choose when to choose you gotta choose when to choose if you don't need to choose don't choose We only have so many choices in a day. Remember that. You can only make so many good choices. And then you start making bad ones. That's when you start eating fast food. That's when you stop exercising. That's when you start making really poor choices. Number two, be a chooser, not a picker. Three, satisfy more and maximize less. Be okay with less. Be okay with not having the best. You don't need to have the best pair of shoes in the whole mall. You don't. You just need to have an okay enough pair. Four, think about the opportunity costs of opportunity costs. It's kind of in in-depth opportunity cost, second analysis, but you know, at first you might say the opportunity cost of having all those different opportunities, but you can take the opportunity cost of that one. It's amazing. And if you don't know, opportunity cost is an economics term. Essentially, when making a choice, you either say yes or no to one thing, but the thing you say no to is the opportunity cost and the financial cost of the choice can't take both so what's the opportunity cost make your decisions or number five make your decisions non-reversible so when most people buy things they'll eventually have buyer's remorse and then you might actually take it back to the store and and get a refund because you're not actually that happy with it you thought it would make you happy didn't really make you happy buyer's remorse good way to make that not happen so you're not kind of sad about the decision made is make it non-reversible you know make a final sale purchase make a when you're buying something, Make, um, returns aren't applicable. And when you're making decisions for purchases, when you're making like, bigger decisions about where to live, you know, sign a year lease or sign a really complex lease so you can't change your place to live. Because if you keep switching up where you live every three months or six months, it's not going to be a recipe for success, I'll tell you that, because I've done that. Number six, practice an attitude of gratitude. You can't be sad when you're, gra- when you're grateful and practicing a gratitude. You can't. Um, you're going to be really thankful. It's going to change your whole attitude. So try to practice it. Seven is regret less. It's a little, kind of a hard one to just implement, but, you know, it's, a, it's nice to say, I guess. Number eight is anticipate adaptation. Number nine, control expectations. That's a super easy one to really do. Expect the worst. Expect the expect it's going to be trash. And if it's a little bit better, that's good. Number 10 is curtail social comparison. Now, this is the biggest thing to why people are actually unhappy is because they're comparing themselves to their friends. I am super guilty of this. Um, or not necessarily the friends, but family or people they know. Everybody's on their own journey. Everybody has their own disadvantages and advantages to their life. So to think that your life is exactly like theirs and that you aren't performing or maybe you're doing better. You know, comparing yourself to your successful friends or your successful neighbors or something like that is not a recipe for success because you guys were raised completely different and you guys are on a completely different life and you wouldn't want to be like them. And maybe you might think that, but behind the scenes, a lot of things are going on that you might not want. 11. Learn to love constraints. If you if you live by a set of rules, or a set of habits, and standards, you are going to love it, because discipline equals freedom, as Jocko Willink likes to say. Basically, if you have a set of habits, and standards, and rules, your decision making process is going to be ten times easier because you are going to be like, I don't even have to think about it. It's not in my wheelhouse. It's not in my realm of strength. It's not in my well world of rules. So you don't even have to think about it. You just kind of toss to the sides. You'll love being disciplined once you get to that point. It might be a little tough to get there, to be fair. So that was a, a little summary of uh, the Paradox of Choice that I wrote a little while back. You know, it's it's pretty brief. It kind of covers over everything pretty pretty much. But it, the book, it's, although it's kind of thick, um, I think they just have to do that to sell it. Uh, most books only have a little bit of information that you really need to kind of get that's probably summarized into like a couple pages and I like the thing I just kind of gave it to you um, just the keep few key takeaways from it are basically you know we have so many choices in the world that we think we can do anything and everything do whatever we want but the reality is you know if you think that and you don't actually take action towards one thing You're probably not going to get anything. You're going to be paralyzed by having so many options. If you have five different options and you don't pursue one of them because of regret or you want to maximize it, you're probably not going to be in a good situation five years down the road. So you just got to pursue one, you know, how to make good decisions. He kind of goes through that, you know, why we suffer. You know, I have three choices that I want to make right now, and I'm trying to maximize it if I'm being honest. And I just think I need to satisfy it, you know. And um I'm gonna kinda of take that to heart. Be okay with whatever decision you make. You know, there's enough time in this life to to readjust course and and go from there. And then uh, what can we do about it, you know? Um those eleven steps that I just kinda of went over, or how the author thinks to deal with it. And he's a professor, so he's probably a pretty smart dude. So yeah, that's the paradox of choice. Too many choices are actually a bad thing when so it says yeah why more is less paradox choice why more is less more is less less is more funny how that works all right well this went a little bit over the 10 minutes but i hope you guys did enjoy that quick summary of the paradox of choice and take care guys